The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, at 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious How about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown... Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 194 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by the WrestleCast broadcast journalist, Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? Five, four, three, I'm sorry, I got a little, <laughs> little pay-per-view <laughs> over there. Sorry, but I had to ask my Hey, what's going on, man? How you been? Doing well, doing well. It's almost a week here. Yeah. Uh, our SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Dee name will be uh, making a run-in here shortly, we hope. So in the meantime, we are being joined tonight by a very special guest. He was our very first guest on the WrestleCast, so it's always a pleasure to get caught back again, caught back up again with this gentleman. That's none other than Finn, a.k.a. I Walk Less. What's going on, Finn? The originator <laughs> reigns supreme. Um... <laughs> What's going on, guys? How y'all doing, man? It's good to catch up with y'all. Oh, man, it's good to catch up with you as well, man. Thank you for being able to come back on and make this booking for me, man. All right, man. You know, the booker man is always good to the talent, so the talent will always be good to the booker man. <laughs> Thank you. You don't have any problems with me, huh? No, nah, we ain't got no heat. No <laughs> heat at all, brother. The WrestleCast is being brought to you by CSPN. And you can find us on the web at www.cspn.us. So, guys, I'm going to step in for Sam tonight. He can't join us, but big shout out to him um, uh, on this week's show. Uh, the news segment, well, there's only one piece of news. And that's that while we were uh, being distracted by the pre-show for Extreme Rules, uh, the WWE reinstated Hulk Hogan into all of its activities until it's into the Hall of Fame and I guess he's going to reassume his position as a quote-unquote brand ambassador. Um, apparently, allegedly, uh, he had to make a apology in front of the locker room before Extreme Rules. Um, according to Titus O'Neil and The New Day, it, uh, it kind of wasn't a sufficient apology that it didn't address the actual comments. It was more like, oh, you know, I didn't know I was being recorded type of deal more than uh you know contrition uh type of uh, concession speech from hogan so magnum prime i'm gonna start with you my friend your thoughts when you first saw the reports that hogan uh was coming back and now a couple of days that you've had to digest it what are your thoughts i mean it, it was just kind of like watching jaws for the first time like you do eventually you were gonna see the shark and that's what happened we saw hogan Return to the WWE. Um, not surprised, but at the same time, I'm not happy with it at all. I don't think that he's done enough to to really truly get back into the good graces of uh, especially the the people of color who are fans 
over WWE. Um, I, I think still he could have been a part of the WWE and the history that he has had with the company. I understand Vince wants to, to make money through nostalgia, but I don't think you have to have Hogan out as being some sort of representative of the company because I don't think it, it does any good for WWE and especially with his reputation right now. But at the same time, I understand that there are plenty of WWE fans who don't care. They don't care about what he said. Um, They probably use that same type of language and they feel the same way that he does. So they're okay with it. It doesn't affect, it doesn't affect them and their loved ones and their children. But I think it, it would just be such a, such a bad PR move and it would leave a, really dirty stain on the WWE, at least for me. And I think other people of color, if Hogan is is brought back into a position where he's a front man, he's a public face for that company. Is now isn't the right time. I don't think it, it, it's ever the right time again. That's my opinion. All right. Ben, I'll pose the same question to you, my friend. Uh your thoughts on just Hogan being reinstated and um, you know, how it make you know the feeling of uh, you know, him coming back. Uh, fuck Hulk Hogan. You know, everybody love him. And I've never really been a Hulk fan, so I don't really get the attachment. I understand what his position is, but he's a, he's a terrible person as a human being. He's not really a good person. So, I um, fuck Hulk Hogan, man. All right. Yeah, man. I mean, unfortunately, you know, if you know Vince's track record, man, everybody gets back It's not in. surprising. Yeah, everybody gets back in. It's just that I'm like with Greg, you know, it could have been a little harder. It, they could have made him, you know, do some things inside the communities, you know, before they, you know, just brought him in. You know, like I said, the. But according- none of that would be sincere, though. None of that would be sincere, and that's the 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 main thing that that Kofi and and Titus were saying that it has to be genuine and contrite. And right. Hulk Hogan has never been genuine and contrite. Well, he's the ultimate Especially worker, brother. Like, yeah, ultimate worker. Yeah, and and the thing now is, the work is not the, the in the time work is backstage, so. Everybody knows he's full of shit. He don't realize that we know he's full of shit. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he can just come up and be like, look, brother, I didn't know I was being recorded. So, you know, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Each vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so, it's... you know, it's, it's never going to be a situation where it's uh, appropriate for him to be cheered, you mm-hmm. know? Right. So it's fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Unless you're getting like eight hundred thousand million dollars in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um along with that May Young, um not May Young, but the Moolah thing that came that came out around the time that they put the name on the uh on the little uh, battle royal thing. It, it's it's about that same level of PR hit that they're taking right now. Um Oh, um sorry. Uh, my last thing about uh, this Hulk Hogan thing. Uh, China better be in the Hall of Fame soon. Like, yeah. Next year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I mean, so we'll see. I, I think, like Greg said, I, I hopefully that they're listening, they're seeing this backlash and how this hasn't really gone over well, and they don't put him out front of anything. He's just there so they can, you know, peddle the merchandise and be able to keep the stuff up on the network, his matches and stuff, and 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 that should just be it, you know. He shouldn't be representing them in any formal capacity in any shape, form, or fashion. He shouldn't be doing any PR or promotion of pay-per-views or SummerSlam or any of that type of, you know, stuff like that. He should just, hey, you're in the he Hall of Fame. He should be the white... He should be the white Virgil. He should be the living. He should be the living version of Chris Benoit. Like, yeah. we didn't uh, scrub yeah. your shit, but you got lucky. But we just don't uh, bring you up like that. Yeah. I don't know, man, because you kind of need WrestleMania three on the network. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying. They they just you know yeah. just talk to him and say you know we're gonna treat you like Benoit minus the scrubbing of all your content. Yeah. You can't even search for Benoit on the network. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. You just have to watch like whatever the thing is that he's in, and it's just he just pops up in there. Piece of shit! I hate that dude, man. <sighs> that used to be. Me. Also, having Ty just called him Terry Bollea. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, he not call him Hulk Hogan at all. CB used to be my dude. Like that was my guy. So it, it that was really a difficult thing for me to kind of grasp. Like what? Not my guy. He did what? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, man, this sucks. So many levels. So, so that's basically yeah. the news for this week. Um, so you know they'll be taking that hit for quite a while. But um, yeah, it's not a good look for uh, for Hulk Hogan or Vince or anybody in that upper management of the WWE. So we'll see what, how that transpires and plays itself out. So at this point, we're going to get into the Extreme Re- Rules review that took place this past Sunday. Thank you to everybody who joined the Extreme cast on Twitter and uh, shared your commentary with color. It was greatly appreciated. So we're going to start with pre-show. We had Andre seeing Almas versus Sin Cara. Almas wins with the double knees and the hammerlock DDT. Sanity defeated New Day in the tables match as Kofi got put, got put through the table by Alexander Wolf and Eric Young. The B team, they were successful and they defeated Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt to win the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, was that surprising or kind of expected? Very expected. It, it was very expected, but also very surprising that it actually happened because you know how the last minute thing could happen with Vince. Yeah, I mean, you we always expect the, the fan favorite to get over organically to get the belt or, you know, not really a push because it's the tag division on Raw, but to be, you know, accomplished. So, yeah, man, that was surprising for me to hear. Curtis but the, the former champions, I mean, they really didn't have that much going for them. It was like they were kind of just really stuck in, in quicksand. So it, it's almost like that accomplishment, yeah, it means a lot because they kind of worked themselves up from below the mid-card, but they beat a team that's not that big of a deal anyway. You know, I, I think that's the only uh, the only act that has stayed over after the Miz left. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna take this as uh, this is my creative personally because, like in March, in April, 
I was tweeting this on the Rawcast like every week. Like, damn, they need to stop having them be jobbers and get beat up and actually give them some bite and they'll get over. I promise. I know they will. And yeah. here we are. So. They, they have entirely too much personality not to. Uh, the greatest thing ever was Bo Dallas sliding down that damn uh, announce desk on the uh, on the post show. That shit, I've wa- I've seen that shit like fifty times, and I laugh just as hard as I did the first time I saw it. He has so many great celebration moments, man. <laughs> uh, I, my favorite Bo Dallas moment is uh, when he just ran around NXT. <laughs> and then outside NXT, and it it just kept going, man. It was, it was he stayed in character. It was great. Yeah, that dude is super talented, man. They just you know he's just had a hard time kind of finding something that sticks. But I, I think this might work. So good, hopefully, man, hopefully, good luck for Axel and, and uh, Bo Dallas there. Uh, Kurt Angle reveals that he's been negotiating with Brock. He says that Brock is refusing to return, and he's going to show up at the UFC again. But he needs to show up on Raw. Or be stripped of the championship. Finn Balor did not count the lights, and he ended up countering the end end of days into her cradle, and he got the win over Baron Corbin. And uh, I think Greg, that was the one match that got you the victory on uh, who you got. You won with eight. Me and Sam both had seven, and I think DD had five. Hey, by inch or by a mile, <laughs> fast and the furious. I'll take it. Win is a win. Yes. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers beat the shit out of Team Hell No backstage, and uh, they injured Kane's ankle slash leg uh, with one of those big mallets. Uh, Carmella defends her SmackDown Women's Championship against Asuka. James Ellsworth tries to get out of the Shark Tank, gets caught up hanging out of there like a pinata. Asuka's treating him like a pinata, and then Carmella runs Asuka into the Shark Tank and pins her. And then afterwards, Asuka beats up. James Ellsworth. Man, what the hell have they done to my Oscar? <laughs> Jesus. It was over, man. It was, wow. it was over after Mania. It, it was done. I know. And Hats I, aside. I know Triple H was sitting back there just with his just head down, head shaking, like, what the hell is this shit? She was on. She was under my watch. She was the baddest woman on the planet. Legitimate. Baddest. Yes. Hand her over to Vince. What the fuck? <laughs> um, Oscar was legit. The top. The top draw in NXT for a while. Yes. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Over Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, uh. James Ellsworth is, yeah. <laughs> um, it's she, crazy, man. I think I think as fans as well, it's hard to it's hard to get past competitive booking in NXT and theatrical booking, and on the main roster, because what the fuck is this? Yeah, man. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a thing that is twofold. They don't long-term book anymore. So, you know, it used to be they sit around the pool and they do six months at a time. Like, hey, this is going to happen. 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 And then they get you six months and then sit back down and get you six more months to get you back through WrestleMania. But now that they kind of do this week-to-week type of stuff, it leaves gaps and it leaves holes. 
And the second thing they don't do anymore is they don't go with what the crowd likes anymore. Back in the day, they didn't have no plans for Stone Cold to become what he became, but they looked around and was like, oh, the crowd is getting with it. So, okay, we need to shift and, and start featuring them. And then, you know, that's how they got Stone Cold. Same thing with The Rock. You know what I'm saying? They didn't really know that The Rock was going to come back and, and be what he became when he came back after that injury and got in with the nation of domination. But they, they somebody realized it and caught on and they went with it. Now they don't do that anymore. They're like, oh, if we didn't have, if I didn't think about it and it just happens, nah, we're going to shit on that. Passion police. <laughs> we'll see what we do with them. Get out of here. Break them. How long is that guy out? Oh, Fandango? It's oh, gonna Fandango. be it's gonna be a minute, man. He has so, shoulder surgery, I think. Man, I I feel so bad for them. Especially uh Tyler Breeze now, man. What is yeah. he gonna do? Yeah. See Cash chicks. But um <laughs> what gonna do? Cash chicks. <laughs> Cash all the chicks. And play video games with Xavier. Yeah. Uh, I think I think in a weird way, even though it, it looks kind of stupid, I think they're kind of trying to uh, protect Oscar and Becky, because it's hard not to not to feel that you know Becky's gonna cash well uh, not cash in but you know get a run at it at SummerSlam. Right. Yeah. And right. you can't you can't take it off Oscar, especially after a month. You know? right. I don't know, man. It's it's I just don't it's, the way they finish matches is is dumb. Right. Right. Well, again, that's a, that's that parody booking as well. That fifty-fifty, you know, we can't let anybody get on too big of a street. You know what I'm saying? Because it's in, it's not believable. Like whatever, man. Unless it's Brock, yeah. right, right, right. But uh, Jeff Hardy, he got low blowed before the bell. The bell rings. Kazik and Sasha, grand opening, grand closing, and Shinsuke Nakamura is your new United States champion. Uh, and then Randy Orton came down to the ring and it looked like he was going to do some of that racist shit against Shinsuke, but, uh, nah, he actually hit Jeff Hardy in the balls again. So, um, why don't white crime? Yeah. Didn't know what that was about, <laughs> but poor Jeff Hardy and, and, and his, his well being, man, that was a, that was a rough 10 minutes of action he had there. That was some Tiki torch torture right there. Cause both of them <laughs> from like North Carolina. <laughs> We had Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens in a steel cage match. Uh, Braun choke slammed Kevin Owens off the top of the cage to the announce table, possibly killing him. But Kevin Owens got the win because it was, you know, the escape rule of the WWF cage match. So Kevin Owens finally got a W, but he still took the biggest L on this show. And uh, that was a big man falling from way high up. Not only did he fall from like 25 feet, he actually had to fly out five feet to get to the announce table. So yeah, that's a whole lot of speed and a whole lot of impact. He's the MVP of Raw. Well, whatever show you put him on, he's like, even though he doesn't get the the stature of having the last matches and stuff, he does the most and has the most, you know, on-screen time it feels like. Yeah, man, Kevin Owens is is good. I think that Vince trusts him a lot, and so he gets to do a lot more in, in his promos, and you know he gets to kind of do this because you know Kevin Steen's whole steez was falling off of shit, falling through shit. So he's getting to that point now. It's taking him a couple of years, but you know Vince, he's finally got Vince convinced where he can he can kind of do that because you know he fell off that big ass ladder on Raw, 
Yeah. And, and now he, you know, got thrown off the cage. So in the last month, he's taken two hellacious bumps. Now that was at Money in the Bank, right? Oh yeah, Money in the Bank. There you yeah, go. Right, yeah. So still within the month, he's still taking two hellacious bumps. Um, yeah. The Bludgeon Brothers, they uh, hit the Doomsday device on a dude with concussion issues, and they got the win to <laughs> to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I don't know who the hell booked that finish. Like, yeah, the dude with concussion issues. Give him the Doomsday device. That won't hurt him. Why you not? know, just knock his block off. Right, exactly. Uh, of course, it started out as a handicap match, uh, and then about midway through, Kane comes out there in a walking boot, uh, tries his best, but uh, Team Hell No gets shut down. And uh, it is revealed that Kane actually is jacked up in real life. He did something to his ankle or leg, something. So, mm-hmm. oh, so was it a, a last minute call? Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. I was wondering because when it first happened, I was like, "Okay, you got me." I I fell for it because <laughs> I figured I figured they hell no was gonna win, but I wasn't thinking yeah. like, "Oh, damn, Brian, he hadn't signed that new contract yet. They got to get the mid somehow. I guess they're gonna rush it for SummerSlam." Right. So I kind of, I kind of played myself with that prediction, but whatever. That's just. You that. think the finish? You think the finish is because of what happened to Kane, or that was the original finish on uh, a Vod family going over? Oh yeah, they probably changed it. I'm pretty sure the Bludgeon Brothers were supposed to probably lose because it doesn't seem like Team Hell No was set up to just be a three week kind of deal. I mean, they produced a T shirt for the damn thing. Yeah, real, they real had quick. a t-shirt for Chris Jericho and AJ, too. That was like a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, man. Uh, but, yeah, it just seems like, you know, they kind of had to do some 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 booking on the fly there on when they got there. So, yeah. So, I, who's next in the team division for the Bludgeon Brothers? Because the Usos haven't been on TV. The Bar hasn't been on TV. I don't know, man. Uh, it's probably going to be some type of tournament, four-way, big deal tag team deal coming up probably mm. yeah I mean I didn't have any problem with them winning I just had a problem with Daniel Bryan taking the fucking doomsday device you know as a guy who's watched Hawk you know murder plenty of jobbers <laughs> with that move it's like jeez man he's got concussion issues man it's Daniel Bryan man did you see his chest after the um, <laughs> oh, yeah. great Royal Rumble yeah yeah man look at lunch Ooh. meat <laughs> yeah that's Daniel Bryan. Uh, Bobby Lashley, he defeated Roman Reigns with the spear in a match that actually the uh, crowd was shitting on until Roman Reigns AA'd Roman, uh, Bobby Lashley over the top rope onto the floor, and everybody was like, oh, shit. And then it kind of picked yeah. up. They started brawling a little bit more, and uh, the crowd was less able to kind of hijack the match. But up until that point, though, yeah, they were shitting all over this. Yeah, shit got yeah, real that's... when he went over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that hurt. All right. It was surprising for, for Bobby Lashley and Ryan, excuse me, Roman Reigns to have the match of the night. Yeah. yeah. They really, they, and it's, it's kind of funny to me with Roman. Like, I've become, like, like my first couple uh, times on the show, I was like, yo, I'm sick of Roman Reigns. He's a jackass. Get him off of TV. Now, like, Roman is playing all of y'all. And he is the most uh, atmospheric guy. Like, when he gets there, all the energy changes in the arena. So, yeah, man. He's getting all, and he's putting people over like a good top man should. Uh, he's assumed the John Cena role. 
that John yeah, Cena had. Yeah, but the had. late John Cena role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. one where, yeah, exactly. The one where he gets the crowd polarized and, you know, half of them are for him and half of them are against him. But everybody's yep. into it. Can't say that about everybody's match, but you can definitely say that about Roman. Yeah, man. They got a super pop for Bobby Lashley on a clean <laughs> pin. <laughs> Alexa Bliss defended her uh, Raw Women's title against Nia Jax uh, with a couple of chair shots and then a DDT onto the chair. Of course, Ronda Rousey got involved from her ringside seat, and I'm pretty sure Mickey James had to do some DDP yoga the next day because she got roughed up for real. That wasn't the smoothest attack for Ronda, but, you know, Ronda's very believable, and because she is like a, a, a baby deer trying to get her legs up under her with her timing, it does make it look more real than if she was like a, you know, smooth uh, professional right now. So, you know, she got a huge pop with her interaction. So that's what that was for. Too bad Nia's first run with the belt was a, as a transitional champion, but I'm pretty sure she'll get another dominant run with it later on. Next up, AJ Styles defended the WWE Championship against Rusev Day. He hit the springboard phenomenal forearm to get the win. Um, the biggest thing coming out of this, though, was that uh, Aiden English fucked up and allowed uh, exposed the turnbuckle, and uh, Rusev ended up getting run into it, and that kind of set in motion the uh, the finish there. So, um, Even players fuck up, man. Even players fuck up. It was, <laughs> it was just a, a mistake. Can y'all just forgive him? It's been three years already. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> So um, this was a this was a really it was a fresh match. I like that we didn't have too many interactions. We only had that like that one tag team match there, where they actually wrestled beforehand, and it was a fresh match. And it was a good match. I thought Rusev did really well for himself. His first ever WWE Championship title match. And then we got our main event of the evening: Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship thirty minute Iron Man match. Uh, the crowd hijacked this match because they thought it was the Royal Rumble and they were counting down every minute, every the last 10 seconds of every minute. Uh, Seth Rollins got out to a 3-0 lead uh, thanks to uh, two pins and Drew McIntyre running in and beating his ass and getting Dolph DQ'd. Then Dolph came back and won three straight falls and actually won four straight falls. He had the lead. Then Seth uh, gets one more fall back, so of course they're tied up, and Seth hits the big, um, he hits the blackout, but a time expires. Kurt Angle comes out, he says it will not end the draw, we get sudden death overtime. Drew McIntyre arrives and does what? Distracts Seth Rollins, so pour up, drink, and Dolph Ziggler gets the win. Um, That's a good friend right there, guy. Yeah, this match could have been great. It started out hot with those, um, you know, really quick um, falls and stuff. But once it got to the middle, they kind of slowed down. And that's when the crowd really started uh, chanting with the clock. And then when they took the clock down to keep them from chanting, they started chanting, we want the clock. (laughs) (laughs) Assholes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there was one part where you could actually see Seth and Dolph actually talking to each other and Dolph was like it's even worse without the clock <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll go around the, the horn here so we'll start with Finn um, 
what are your feelings about current WWE product, man? Ever since I think Greatest Royal Rumble, I think people have been kind of checking out left and right. But um, what are your thoughts on kind of the last you know four months since Mania? Yeah, that would be kind of accurate. Three, two, one. So, Finn, are you, uh, you know, how are your feelings currently about the current product since WrestleMania? Yeah, man, I've become a super casual fan now. Uh, not before, you know, I was kind of a, well, now I'm like a casual smart because I try to keep up with what's going on and and reviews on, on certain podcasts and things, but I don't really watch the product uh, week to week. Some monthly shows I'll catch. Uh, NXT I'll always catch whatever they're doing for a takeover. And uh, but I feel like what's the point of of being there every week and the story never makes sense, you know? So I know that uh, the end or the payoff is going to be a good match, and that's pretty much what I care about now. Because whatever they do before and in the middle and all the speeches and stuff that eh, it doesn't work for me anymore. I think I'm a jaded fan though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people are starting to get that way just because you know the the booking oversaturation. I, I don't think that is I, the booking. I think people are just souring on the booking and yeah, the people that they like, you know, having the thumb on them and people that. The people don't necessarily like as much seem to be getting all the you know accolades and and the pushes. So I think that's kind of what people are at right now. It's, it's kind of weird, man, because it's a show, and you get to see your favorite people mostly, and you get to see them for a good length of time mostly. But I don't know. It's 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 a control thing with with a lot of fans where. It has to be the way they they booked it, you know, and uh, it's, it's sometimes it, it makes for entertaining uh, piece of business, and sometimes it's well, y'all just doing too much and pay attention to what's being in in front of you, and then judge it upon completion. But it uh, it's, it's, it's difficult these days uh, uh, with with wrestling fans. Yeah, some wrestling fans. So, Greg, I posed you the same question, man. Um, have you kind of what's your feeling about the way things have been going since WrestleMania? Uh, let's see, I think pretty much I feel the same way. Um, leaving leaving WrestleMania in the the rearview mirror, uh, to me, Raw is unwatchable live. Um, I, I couldn't do it. Even if you were gonna pay me a lot of money, it it wouldn't be worth it to my my sanity. Uh, SmackDown, <laughs> I I the booking is at least week to week as a television product is good. It's just when they get to the pay per views, to me, they missed the bed. They they totally missed the mark. But SmackDown is a product that I can watch every week. I could watch that. Could watch that live. Um, I'm just I'm just not really surprised by the state of the WWE. Because at the end of the day, it's a publicly traded company. As long as the stockholders are happy, they've got a billion dollars coming in. Uh, they're probably going to get another billion from NBC Universal 
it really doesn't matter what the fans want at this point. Because I, I I talked to you a little bit earlier this week um, off off air about how I see the WWE proceeding with their their business practices now. Right. Uh, you know, it's, they're just television shows. It's not not any type of competitive, entertaining product anymore. As long as they get their television rights, they're gonna be happy with it. They're not gonna care about the attendance that's showing up. They're, they're not. They don't care about the fans at this point. Right. The, not WWE. Maybe in NXT, but not in the WWE. The WWE's business has totally gone from a put butts in seats in the arena, sell the big show at the end of the month or every you know two months to. Oh, we get we get rights fees like the NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, and we got our money and it doesn't matter if, you know, we sell the arenas out or not, because like you said, we got billions of dollars coming in now. And if the attendance is light, okay, we just raise the ticket prices and we just raise up the merch prices and we'll make it up for it. You know, that's how they're looking at it now. The actual wrestling attendance and that part of the thing is kind of secondary because the all the money that used to be generated from the live gate and the pay-per-view is coming from, you know, Fox in 2019, you know? Mm. So, you know, I think yeah, I think that's the biggest change in the product from what we grew up with where it was talk them into the live show. If you want to see a good match, you got to come out to the arena and pay for it. You'll never see it on TV unless it gets, you know, ended by disqualification or we're shooting an angle. But if you want to see the real deal, you got to come out and watch it. You get, you got to come see it. Now they just put everything that you want to see on TV. And when you go to the live event, you just get, you know, guys having fun. So it's a total 180 from what we grew up with. And I think a lot of us are still having issues because it's like, it's not supposed to be this way. You know, the people who are the fans like, back in the day would eventually rise to the top. And I think that's what a lot of fans are having a problem with is that now their voice isn't heard like it used to be, you know, Stone Cold would never be what he was if the fans didn't take to his promos. But once they started taking to his promos, WWE had to do a 180 and say, okay, well we got to push him. And, and, and they did. And the fans were like, yeah, we did that, but now you can't, that doesn't work. So that's kind of where they are in my estimation. So just to let everybody know, once again, this is the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm being joined tonight by the Rawcast broadcast journalist, none other than Magnum Prime, a.k.a. Greg, and our special guest, Finn, I Walk Less on Twitter. So we're going to get to Monday. And who else? Oh, Miss Didi Jonay. I didn't hear your music. <laughs> With the run in. Hi, y'all. What's up? What's up? Back with a chair. Listen, I come prepared. <laughs> How, you? How you doing, Diddy? I'm good, friend. How are you? Life is grand. Good. So, uh, Miss Didi, we'll get your thoughts on the uh, first of all, uh, Hulk Hogan coming back mm. into the fold. Uh, your mm. thoughts, please. Um, much like the New Day said, it's not up to black people to forgive him because he said he's sorry. Anybody with common sense should know that he's only sorry he got caught. And it's up to him to be remorseful, look remorseful, act remorseful. And then we can talk about it and act like it makes sense 
on a personal level. Of course, on a skill level, fame level, of course, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. That's not the question. The question is, do you want to put a blatant racist, a man who said, I'm a racist, do you want to put him back in the Hall of Fame? And the fact that you have WWE is problematic. And it's not up to white people to say, hey, he said he was sorry. Who cares what he said? People lie all the time, you know? So that's my take on it. I don't see it for him. Randy Savage would never. So (laughs) I'll stick with my fave. He can be over there doing whatever he does with that suspicious hairline of his. (laughs) And uh, we just finished up the Extreme Rules uh, review. So anything that stood out to you that you want to talk about about that before we move on to Monday Night Raw? No. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I tried to think about it and the answer is no. All right. I, I wanted to go back and rewatch it, but um, the WWE app that somebody pays nine ninety nine for didn't want to start from the beginning. So I never saw the beginning. Every time I hit beginning, it would start at um, Team Hell No. So okay. well, they don't want to win. That's that's the thing with the WWE. They don't want to win. They and, really don't. And I can't make them want it, you know? So <laughs> we'll just be here in stasis where you start a pay-per-view at 6 p.m. and it ends at 1045 and we all pretend like that's okay. And it's Oh, boring no. to awful. Oh right? no, that thing ended at like eleven fifteen. What you talking about? No, I did it. It was like a, I thought it was like eleven o'clock after eleven o'clock. Uh-uh. When that it was, uh, believe me, man. You look. You know my situation would work. Okay, it ended at the perfect time. Okay, on Sunday night. Okay, okay. It was Didn't before eleven. It was a miracle. It was like um, it was the, the. Oh yeah, the pre-show ran until like uh, like right at like eleven oh five or something like that. It was it was them people, Renee and the guy who has the yeah. awful hair. Yeah, yeah. Sam, Sam Roberts. Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So. Did you watch that? Mm-hmm. Did you? What you think about I mean, Dallas sliding watch- down the table? He's my favorite person on earth. <laughs> I love him so much. Because at first when he starts getting on the table, I thought he was going to stand on it. And Renee's like, oh, be careful. What are you doing? And then he slid down it. And I was just, I was done. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the greatest celebration in the history of celebrations. Like, he's the best. Full stop. He's my favorite. <laughs> All right. So we'll get into a little bit of Monday Night Raw that came at us from Buffalo, New York. Kurt Angle comes down. He says he hadn't heard from Brock, so he's about to strip. And then Paul Heyman comes out and says, whoa, 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 whoa. We're here. We're here. All right, man. I'll agree to uh, defend the championship. And then, of course, we get the parade of superstars coming out who says that, you know, they desire a title shot. So we get Bobby Lashley. We get uh, Drew McIntyre. We get Seth Rollins. We get Elias. We get Finn Balor and, of course, Roman Reigns. And everybody talks about why they should be the one to face Brock. So, Kurt Angle decides that he's going to make two triple threat matches to determine uh, a number one contenders match at next week's Raw. So, the first match that's going to be set up is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Finn versus Roman Reigns. And that match started right now. And the match ended with Roman Reigns spearing Finn Balor for the win. So Roman Reigns will qualify for the match next week. 
Oh, oh, oh. drive by Balor rolled oh. out of the way, and I was stopped right to the stomach of Reigns. Reigns had no choice but to pull himself up by his bootstraps and try to rally here tonight. But Finn Balor in control at the moment. Yeah, Roman came out here tonight and said, I'm not going to make any excuses. I just want to fight, and he's got to fight oh. on his hands. And McIntyre! Are serious? Are you kidding me? McIntyre over the top rope, taking Roman Reigns out. That is absolutely incredible. That man goes 6'5", 265, and he flew over the top rope like a cruiserweight. Incredible athleticism from McIntyre. But once again, Balor wisely choosing his spot. Driving McIntyre shoulder first into the steps. And now Finn Balor looking to put away McIntyre right to the back of the neck. And now Finn tossing Roman back into the ring, and Finn Balor going to turn his attention now to the big dog. Double leg takedown. Double stomp right to the abdomen, covered by Balor. Is it enough to advance to next week? Roman Reigns at two and a half. Balor, and Balor now wearing out the big dog. Finn is throttling Roman Reigns with that steel chair, and it's perfectly legal. And if it's me, I'm not stopping. I would just keep going, tune him up. And a couple of years of frustration that is building and building within Finn Balor ever since relinquishing the Universal Championship due to injury. And he wants the opportunity back. And now he drives McIntyre into the barricade. Does he want to make a point or does he want to win the match? You gotta keep both of his other opponents down long enough to capitalize on one of them. I guess. McIntyre, of course, trying to. Oh, man! What a spear by Reigns! Balor stepping out of the way and averting disaster. And how did Finn even see Roman Reigns coming? Peripheral vision, coach, but right now, Finn. Ah, Slink way! Roman for three. McIntyre to his feet. Is he looking for the Claymore to put Reigns away? Oh. And he takes out Balor. The Claymore connected. Maybe no. Superman punched to Drew. Not with the intended target. Here comes Roman. Spear! Oh. Cover by Reigns. Roman Reigns is a step closer to SummerSlam. Here's your winner. Concerned? Nothing? Okay. Next up, Bailey. She meets with Kurt Angle and they discuss uh, their counseling. Bailey says it didn't go well. She doesn't think that her and Sasha will be friends. So Angle books Bailey and Sasha versus Dana Brooke and Alicia Fox. And he says if they can't get along, one of them will be traded to SmackDown. DD, you with me? Yes. What do you think about this uh, particular Bailey and uh, Sasha little uh, situation with um, this counseling here with Kurt Angle? I think it is a valid critique to say if you can't get along, we're going to split you up. However, all of this, none of this really, what? I don't get the point. Why like, can't they just fight? Let them fight or. Shocker makes tag women's titles, so it makes sense why we care that they're together. Because who gives a fuck if they're friends? 
Right. Nobody cares. I think that's the only way to save this is to introduce a women's tag title. It's the only reason because, why it makes sense. It's yeah, because it's, it's, it's like it's a wrestling promotion. Yeah. Why are you encouraging them to get along when exactly. it's only one women's title? Exactly. What What is yeah. the purpose of them getting along? They get along to do what? Fight each other again in three months so they can be the number one contender for that one nope. title that they have. Like that doesn't make sense. It makes it's not even sense. for contendership. That's the bad part about it. Yeah. It's just to say, hey, <laughs> we're around if you want to put us in yeah. some kind of fancy match. But like it's it's right there. It's like, hey, girl, we're about to introduce tag titles for women and it doesn't work if you're not together. Because nobody else mm-hmm. likes y'all asses. Like that could work. <laughs> but like you know, but to just have nothing and just be like, I really want you all to get along for reasons reasons <laughs> you know like it's <laughs> it just doesn't make sense and i'm just saying you all could hire me i can make it make sense help me help you yeah it's been help. A, it's been a different uh it's like they started it out they teased it they teased it they teased it they teased it nothing really happened then we had the big mm-hmm. locker room thing and it was like okay we finally going to get some something happened. Then it was like, oh, that didn't happen. And then we went a couple of more weeks and nothing happened. Then we finally got the big Bailey beat down. And then it was like, okay, finally, now we about to get it popping. And then Kurt Angle sends them to counseling, and we get this bullshit. Right. Like, come on, man. Does Vince not? Now they're in love. Does Vince not like money these days? Because that's a money program. I don't. I don't know why. It's one of those things where it's just like, it seems obvious to me on the outside looking in that if we're having the Divas Revolution and we have eight to ten chicks, all of them can't vie for the same title. Why wouldn't you have tag titles? Instead, you make a theme where your two pretty most, you know, besides Ronda, yeah, besides Ronda, your two most famous girls who are besties are fighting. And we really want them to get along. It seems like somebody in the back would be like, who cares? Mm-hmm. What's what's the reason why they need to get along? Right. There is no reason. You know, it's easy when you have the Hardy Boys not getting along, when you have the Usos not getting along. It's It makes sense why you need them to get along. It makes sense why you need Team Hell No to get along. There's no reason for Bailey and Sasha to get along unless there are tag titles in the mix and there aren't so it has no stakes so it's stupid yep <laughs> Dolph Ziggler comes out he brags about main event in the pay-per-view he takes full credit for it Shady respects Seth Rollins for building the IC title but he's no Dolph Ziggler and he said he beat Seth Rollins five times in one night then the glorious Bobby Roode makes his entrance Roode basically wants to get a match a title match Dolph Ziggler says yeah We'll get a match, but it just won't be for the title. <laughs> so uh, Bobby Roode gets, uh, jumps off the rope, tweaks his knee, catches a super kick from Ziggler, and Dolph Ziggler wins the title. Oh, excuse me, wins the match, not the title. Uh, Bobby Lashley cuts promo about tonight's match, saying that he can and he will defeat Brock at SummerSlam. Uh, backstage, <laughs> Mojo Riley comes up to uh, Bobby Roode and basically uh, claps for him and laughs at him for losing like the last three weeks in a row. 
Then Mojo goes out there and beats the hell out of Tyler Breeze. He hits him with a running forearm and an Alabama slam, and he gets the win. Uh, what'd you think about your boy, the spicy white Mojo? He getting some promo time, and he's won about three, four matches in a row on Raw. Miss Didi, that's for you. Aww. Yeah, because Mojo is not my guy. <laughs> uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, they faced off with Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke. Um, basically Fox attacks Bailey and Sasha makes the save and takes out Dana Brooke and just kind of like walks out on the match. Uh, they show the two backstage and basically, uh, Sasha Banks says that she loves Bailey and you know, it's like, can't you see? It's so obvious. I love you. So I guess they're going to be the hugging lovers now, I guess. Didn't this shit start over, like, the championship? You know, she kicked her ass because they was in a elimination match. No, no, the uh, elimination chamber. Right. And she, she did the Lion King, kicked off the stage. Right. That was in fucking February. So, yeah. Yeah, man, this has devolved <laughs> a lot. Yeah, so. There's, like, this. It's like coming down a canyon. There's there's turns. You don't know where the fuck you're going. It's just it just keeps on tumbling. Yeah, it's been a long road to get us to here, and we're still not any closer to having this thing resolved. So we'll see what happens. But you know, they always have Brooklyn. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, the site of the greatest women's match in the history of WWE. Which is, you know, by chance, where Summer Sam is. Yeah, it is. And so, and Brooklyn is Sasha Banks' city, man. Even though she's, like, you know, from Boston and everything, that's her hometown, Brooklyn is really where Sasha Banks shines. So maybe she'll yeah. get back in that spotlight one more time. Uh, we get highlights of uh, Kevin taking that big Mick Foley tribute bump from Extreme Rules. Renee interviews Braun. Braun regrets he wasn't able to congratulate Kevin on his win. Uh, when asked about uh, not walking out there to uh, stake his claim at wrestling Brock Lesnar, he says uh, he didn't need to because he's got the money in the bank. Briefcase. Uh, the B team defended their titles against the Ascension. Uh, they win with the double team netbreaker on Victor. Uh, Matt and Bray come on the screen. They cut a promo and they say that they are uh, revo- uh, invoking their rematch clause for next week. Alexa comes out. She gloats about being the champion. And completing the story against Naya and how she defeated the bully. She says that she's dominated the division due to her smarts. And outsmarting Naya wasn't that hard. She says she's beaten everyone in that locker room. And then the crowd starts chanting Ronda Rousey. But she says Ronda doesn't count because she's suspended. So she said that, you know, Ronda should have been arrested because she, you know, attacked them and she was a fan. Then Ronda comes down through the crowd. Alexa and Mickey try to run. Uh, Rhonda cuts them off at the stage. Man, Rhonda grabbed Mickey, slammed her down, put her in the arm bar. Luckily, the officials dragged her out. Uh, they're walking up the stage with all the referees and everything. And, man, Rhonda comes and just splashes everybody, knocks everybody down. She grabs Alexa, drags Alexa to the ring, puts her in the arm bar. Luckily, Kurt Angle comes out to stop it. Uh, Angle says that Rhonda has a couple of days left on her suspension, and she needs to go home. Baron Corbin comes Can't out. You go to counseling. <laughs> Baron Corbin comes out and says that Ronda needs to be reprimanded. So Angle adds another week on to the suspension. Corbin is pissed, saying that Stephanie won't like that, and he's going to uh, call Stephanie and tell on Angle. 
but he can't Tom find his <laughs> but he can't find his phone. <laughs> he, so he goes to the back to go get his phone, and Angle pulls Baron Corbin's phone out of his pocket, and uh, he basically gave Ronda Browsey a match against Alexa at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, I can hear you, and I hear you're saying Ronda Rousey, but Ronda Rousey doesn't count. Ronda Rousey is not in that locker room because Ronda Rousey is suspended. Yeah, that's right. And after last night, Ronda Rousey should be suspended indefinitely. Last night, Ronda Rousey was supposed to be out here as a fan, sitting right there, front row. supposed to be here. Ronda Rousey suspended from Monday Night Raw. The suspension isn't lifted until Wednesday, but Rousey is here tonight. And Alexa Bliss and Mickey James have no interest in uh, being anywhere near her, but here comes Rousey. Oh, she's cutting her off. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Someone get security out here. Get Rousey under control. Mickey James felt the wrath of Rousey last night. Ronda Rousey is all Where business. Where is Angle? And here comes Ronda. Uh, I, I can't worry about Kurt Angle. Mickey James needs to worry about Ronda Rousey. He can't worry about Angle. He's got to get this thing under control. Ronda Rousey is, has grabbed Mickey James. Alexa Bliss is scooting oh. his way. And Rousey pummeling Mickey James. Rousey's going to break Mickey's arm. You're darn right she is. Rousey looking for the armbar. Officials and Alexa Bliss trying to drag James out of harm's way. Look at oh, those Ronda's eyes. definitely getting fired after this. Ronda Rousey's not done yet. Ronda, Tony Bliss, and James. Someone get her out of here. Right here on the stage in front of us. This is what happens when you take a kendo stick to Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey has not forgotten what Alexa Bliss did to her in her championship opportunity back at Money in the Bank. And Michael, you're right. She is not done. Ronda Rousey is assaulting the women's champion. Rousey's not even supposed to be in the freaking building. Yeah, Rousey's going to break her arm. Rousey's going to try to break the champion's arm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen to me. You need to calm down. You have two days left of your suspension. You need to go home and wait it out. Yeah, go home. You understand me? Rhonda, go home. Rhonda needs to be reprimanded for her actions. Kurt, I suggest, as general manager, you put your foot down and do your job. Listen, Baron's right. I'm going to have to tack another week onto your suspension. What? A week? A week? Rhonda blatantly spits in the face of authority, and you had a week? Stephanie's not going to be happy about this, and do you know what? I'm going to call Stephanie right now. Where's my phone? I left my phone in the office, Kurt. Stay right there. I'll be right back. Thank God Corbin's here to keep things under control. I think he's looking for this. (laughs) Listen, when your suspension is up, I'm going to give you a match with Alexa Bliss. 
But if you pull another stunt like you did tonight, you can kiss that match goodbye. It's not going to be just any match. Your match with Alexa Bliss will be for the Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam. Now go home. Ronda is ecstatic. Alexa Bliss is livid. Rousey gets another few days on her suspension, but she gets a title opportunity at SummerSlam. And Angle lost his mind. Okay, so you get put on suspension, you violate your suspension, mm. and you get a title chance. Solid booking. Well, they're kind of booking her kind of like a mini Stone Cold where she's kind of doing her own thing and it's benefiting her. So, yeah, but they book all the faces like that. Except for Not Roman. Any different. Except for Roman, they no, never Roman. booked them like that. If they would have booked yeah, them like Roman that, did whatever the hell you want to do, beat whoever you want to beat, and then complained about not getting enough opportunities. But he did whatever he wanted to do. So for like two two straight years, Roman Reigns was was Thanos. <laughs> but you know, I, yeah, that's actually that's perfect. Thanos is the protagonist. And everybody feels like he's the antagonist. Um, <laughs> Charlie interviews Seth Rollins. He says he loves and respects Roman, but if he has to go through him to get to the title, then he will. Um, the Authors of Pain versus Titus of Worldwide. The last chapter finishes Apollo Crews. And um, yeah, that might be about... If I was Apollo Crews, I'm about two more jobs away from being like, yeah, I need to get up out of Titus Worldwide. <laughs> Cause ain't nothing yes. good happening to that man. He's too. I, mean, I don't think there's anything good happening for them either. Like, except for those chicks, keep chasing. Um, what was that? Leangelo Ball saying nigga on TV during that Ball family segment. <laughs> fucked their whole Put shit that nigga up. Ass. Yeah, it fucked their whole shit up. Cause Titus for a while was actually catching on with that, but that particular little blurb of the tongue shut their whole push down. Uh, Ember Moon. Oh, go ahead. I mean, Titus every every once in a while gets like a little a little push, but it was gonna be the same thing, you know. Yeah. They're gonna forget about him in like too much time, and uh, that was it. Ember Moon. Facebook. He's gonna keep doing those uh those uh be a dad parenting things. He's like great for that. Oh yeah, that's his that's his deal. Ember, she got beat by Sarah Logan because Liv Morgan distracted her and Sarah mm-hmm. Logan cut off Ember Moon and she got the cover and got the win. So sorry that it happened to, had to happen to Ember Bay, but distraction finish drinking is always fun. <laughs> then we got our main how, y'all, how do you feel about Ember getting her first loss? I mean, it was time. 50-50 book, and she won like seven matches in a row, so it's time for yeah. her to kind of lose. And and she got distracted, so it doesn't necessarily, it's not clean in the middle, so, you know, she's got a reason to, to justify why she lost, so it's alright. Mm. Um, Good deal. 
main event time. Elias versus Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley to make up the other half of next week's number one contenders match. Um, Rollins voids the spear and hits a super kick, but Elias pulls him to the floor. Elias gets speared by Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley will go on to face Roman Reigns next Monday night to determine who will face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. <laughs> Remember the rules of a triple threat. First man again, pitfall or submission will win this matchup. No count outs, no disqualifications. Every man for himself. Oh, and Lashley with a clothesline. It seems ironic and almost a little bit morbid that your reward for winning a triple threat match and a match next week is a trip to Suplex City with Brock Lesnar. Well, we know it wasn't going to be easy. The journey is going to be a hard one. And to get all the way to the top of the mountain, it should not be easy for anybody. Look at this. Wow, incredible acceleration by Lashley. Bobby Lashley wants Brock Lesnar in a bad way. He has to win this match and then beat Reigns to get there. Rollins kicked to the midsection. And I'd like to see a Rollins-Reigns match next week. Oh, that would be something, wouldn't it? What a power slam. Oh, just planting Elias. The power of Lashley. Cover. Elias now top rope, measuring his man. Is it enough? Drops the elbow on Lashley Gorgeous. for an opportunity to advance to a match with Reigns next week. Kick out by Lashley at two. Oh, oh, how about that? Flash. Rollins from out of nowhere. And Elias looking to pick the carcass of Lashley. Take advantage of the frog splash. And Lashley kicks out. Oh, what a beautiful few seconds for Elias that I thought was going to get the job done. Uh-oh. Look at the power of Rollins. This is absolutely incredible with a buckle bomb to Lashley. Coast to coast for the buckle bomb. And now like a cat up to the top rope. Superplex going to float over into the Falcon Arrow. Boom. Rollins to advance to next week. And Roman Reigns and a kick out by Elias. And Seth is doing what you got to do. Continue to pick up the pace. Looking for the stop to a line. It it's over. Rollins is going to it's over. next week to face Reigns. Here's the cover, and Lashley saves the matchup. Lashley now sizing up Rollins. Oh, no. He brought by Seth, shoulder to the post, rolls him up, shoulders down, almost at him. Kick to the face. Lashley's in position for Rollins and Elias. Oh, great timing by Elias. Better timing by Bobby. Lashley covers. Bobby Lashley's got a date with Roman Reigns next week. Here is your winner, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley using the exact same move he used to beat Roman last night. The same move that Roman used to win the first triple threat tonight. It is a collision course. Reigns and Lashley. Boo, nobody cares. Now, this is is why we're talking about how dumb this is, right? This is such circular booking. We just saw this match at Extreme Rules. Bobby Lashley won. Okay. Why couldn't that just... hours ago. Right. Why couldn't that just be the de facto winner and become the number one contender? You come out the next night, once he agrees that he's going to defend the belt, you just say, okay... Bobby Lashley, since he beat Roman, gets the spot, and then you pump this up for a month like a real 
boxing match, UFC match between these two big horses. Show him training. Have Brock come in, cut his little sit-down interview where he says he don't give a shit about Bobby Lashley. You know, Brock is good to cuss on TV. Have him, you know, do their one brawl and then get to the money. Instead of having this bullshit-ass Roman Reigns match again that nobody wants to see. So, is Roman the default number one contender? I guess so. He keeps... Because he didn't have to be in this match. He lost the match to Bobby. Bobby had to put in a multi-man match. And then he gets to fight Roman again for the opportunity again to be Brock. Yeah. That's circular booking, man. That's what you said. Yeah, it's circular, man. They went back to the... Right back to the thing we just saw for no reason. I don't get it, but... That was Monday Night Raw for this week. So at this point in time, I'm going to turn it over to Miss Didi Jonet for our SmackDown Matters report. Oh my God, so many things happened. <laughs> Would you believe they were in Wilkes Bar? I don't know where that is, but that's where Scranton. they Scranton, take me to the moon. <laughs> I want to go to Scranton just because I've seen a lot of Office in my day. <laughs> I want to see if there's like a real Michael Scott there but um, yeah they're in Wilkes Bar Jeff Hardy's out to kick off the show he's still recovering from multiple dick attacks he says <laughs> wait wait yeah it's happened okay, multiple times yeah. dick so, attacks yeah it's real so he's got on the face paint he's got the kind of face paint on where you close your eyes and the eyes still look like they're open so it's very creepy yes indeed with his eyes closed, he says he looks like Jeff Hardy, but something's missing. His heart is broken. Since losing the U.S. title, he runs down Nakamura for his lack of morals mm. and calls him a jackass. He knows Nakamura low-blowed him because he had to in order to win. Jeff is here to deliver pain, to make Nakamura what? Obsolete. And to win back his title. Brother That's Nero, safe. I knew you'd come. He's coming back. At some point, he opened his eyes and he has like those creepy um, white contacts. contacts on. So, like, his eyeballs look like all white. Creepy. Yeah, I know how you don't like Rosemary and, no, and, and that other chick. So, I know that creeps you out. I don't like Rosemary. I don't like the dead bride. There was a damn doll on um, Butcher <laughs> Underground, but we'll get to that. It was just not a good time <laughs> in general. Like, I was like, why is everything creepy? But yeah, so he calls Nakamura obsolete and he's going to win his title back. Backstage, Nakamura calls Jeff a sad clown that wears paint to hide his tears. But now the title is his and that's cause to smile. He'll make the clown cry again tonight. And then, and then he says, God bless America. I almost caught an <laughs> asthma attack laughing at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't always pay attention to SmackDown, but I heard him say that. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> just messy. This is my kind of carrying on. Shinsuke's uh, he's the pettiest, heel, the pettiest heel in the business. He's good. You can't name anybody better. But, but what makes the promo so great is the, is the way that Renee carries it renee's the <laughs> only, if you notice she's the only one who interviews him and it mm-hmm. works to perfection because especially with this heel turn i don't speak english and all that stuff she just yeah. is so disgusted holding that <laughs> microphone for him 
It's great. I love it. I wish you would tell me you don't see kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, sometimes I wish the announcers could have a little more personality. Like, Because I, I would be amused, personally. But it seems like announcers and interviewers always take like the gasp. Can you believe the heel did a heel thing? And it's like, yeah, I can. And it was great. But anyway. You really be on here giving them ideas weekly. They don't, and they don't listen, and they don't send me a check. So it's like, I guess I'd rather you don't listen and don't pay me. But you can listen <laughs> and pay me. Like, you know. Yeah. I, I negotiate. <laughs> I'm not opposed to getting money. You know, go get the money. Go. I made a millionaire today. Shit was Josh. She was like, oh, yeah, I made an app. What? Sold it for six <laughs> figures. What? I don't contract with anything less than six hundred within a hundred k. Really? So casual about it. Tell me more about how you're winning in life. It was amazing. <laughs> you I never felt I never felt so unaccomplished. But I was like, <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I'm a poor. Really? I really like help me. I'm poor, just like the girl off Bridesmaids. <laughs> But anyway, so the next, the first match of the night, I was gonna say next, but you, no. you know who's that also was... flourishing though. Before you get here to set Tell this me. up, it's Alina yeah. Vega, man. Yeah. She, she she took almonds from wrestling on the pre-show two nights ago. Excuse me, AJ. AJ, first off, congratulations on your successful title defense at Extreme Rules against Rusev. What's next for AJ Styles? Well, let me just say that Rusev is a beast. He's an animal. He's a specimen. But Sunday wasn't Rusev Day. It was a phenomenal day. And now I hear tell that Paige already has my opponent picked out for SummerSlam. So- AJ, I don't think we've actually had the pleasure. Selena Vega, business manager to Andrade Cien Almas. All right. Good to meet you. Yeah. Listen, everybody knows that the one man who deserves to face AJ Styles at SummerSlam is El Idolo, Andrade Cien Almas. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I think it takes a lot of guts to come to the champ and ask for a match. So where is he? Where's your... Uh... Well, actually, Andrade likes to do his talking in the ring. In the ring? Yes. Oh, that's good. That's actually great. I like to do my talking in the ring as well. Mm. So why wait till SummerSlam? Why don't we do it right here tonight? Well, Andrade Sinanas isn't just phenomenal. Hmm. He's the future of SmackDown Live, and you're about to find that out. Yeah, it it ended how all his matches end, but we'll get there. The match was Andrade Cien Almas versus AJ Styles. CCC. They work up to the top rope, and Almas cuts AJ off, and the double stomp connects. Um, then the double knees connect, and Almas covers for a good near fall. Almas looks for the hammer like DDT, but AJ counters out and into the calf crusher, and Almas has no choice but to tap. Man. So there's that. That was a good match, though. He he was hanging with AJ. That was a good showcase. AJ is John Cena, and I just want everybody to acknowledge that now. For, <laughs> for a guy that Vince had didn't want nothing to do with for like 15 years, he sure is making up for it. Like, listen, we could make it even. Like, I don't need 50-50 booking, but could I get 75-25? 
Could like, I get 80, 20, 95, 15, 95, 5? Yeah, they could have had Zelina, like, interfere and get almost a win just to give them the rub. That yeah. would have worked. I mean, it don't got to be clean. I don't need my heels to just be better, although they usually are. Like, anything? Because, like I said, even when he was facing um, Nakamura, he never got, he never lost. It was either a draw, a double count out, or a win. Right. Which they never lost. And so right. my thing is, like, you don't have no off days. You don't have the flu. You're not you're not tired. <laughs> you ain't blink at the wrong time. You just you just never lose. You're, you're just that yeah. fucking good, really. You're about 50. He is what do you mean? Phenomenal. Like, mm, he's got soccer down like, here, so he ain't that great. Like, I mean, he lives up to his name, his tag. He is phenomenal. He is and he phenomenal. He makes everyone look great. Yeah, that's fine. But if Brock, <laughs> listen, I don't care. If Brock can sit up there and be pinned in a minute, because, yeah, that happened, and I remember. Thank you, Goldberg. Then every now and again, AJ needs to lose. I'm not saying it needs to be frequent. I'm not saying he needs to drop the title. So what shit. was his last loss? Uh, months uh, ago. Brock? Was Brock his last loss? I would imagine one of his last losses was a tag match where he didn't get pinned. Tag matches don't count. You talk exactly. about one-on-one. Exactly. I don't know. I can't recall. We heard from Kurt Angle. We learned from Olympic gold medalists. I can't recall AJ's last loss. It certainly wasn't with Nakamura. So it had to be I feel like it was that. Survivor Series. That sounds like that was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just a personal feeling. I feel like he should lose every now and again. But in any case, Aiden English meets with Lana backstage to apologize. He says he can't take back his mistake, and he knows he ruined Rusev's chances. He begs Lana to talk with Rusev for him. Lana says that Rusev needs his space. She questions if he's good for Rusev. Aiden says he's always had Rusev's back and owes a lot to him. He just wants a second chance. First of all, Aiden is the propagator, the creator of Rusev Day, the musical. And I will not have you denigrating his talents and his love for Rusev. He doesn't deserve. You shall not question his loyalty. Damn right. I hope the sun so, does not sit on Rusev Day. I hope they make this work. It needs to result in a title. I'm sorry, not sorry. I'm not sorry. It needs to result in a title and I don't know which one. I don't necessarily care. But it's just so good. It should be rewarded. Yeah, they could be that, that babyface tag team that SmackDown doesn't have right now. Yeah, I think they're trying to like bring it back with help, Team Hell No, but it's like you have it right here. But Use Kane, it. you know, I think Kane's gone with the injury to his ankle. So he's out the door, buddy. Oh, he has a real injury? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's legit. Well, that's what happens when you're 60. Anyway, Becky Lynch <laughs> versus Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose locks on a version of the octopus hold, and then Becky fights out and rolls her up for a two count, and then she follows with a clothesline and a drop kick. Then the exploder follows, and Becky applies this, the disarm her, and Mandy taps. Um, post-match promo time for Becky. She says she loves winning and that she's just getting started. She says she's coming for Carmella and wants to win the title again. Backstage, Paige meets with Carmella and praises Becky. Carmella talks about beating Charlotte and Asuka not once, but twice. And she says she wants another celebration next week. She doesn't quite ask, 
but I wouldn't necessarily call it a demand. It's just more like a strong I'm say this thing. Yeah, I'm going to say this thing and you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but then Paige is like, sure, girl. If Carmella <laughs> can beat Becky next week in a non-title match, however, if Becky wins this match, Carmella will defend against Becky at SummerSlam. Dun, dun, dun. Also backstage, R-Truth, who's still around, meets with Ty Dillinger. Ty is about to die at the hands of Samoa Joe. Voluntarily, sounds like. Because, you know, those people don't make the best choices. This was actually a pretty He's good Canadian. use of uh, R-Truth, though. This was funny as shit. He, uh, uh, Ty Dillinger thought R-Truth was trying to give him one of his, you know, pep talks or whatever. And R-Truth was actually on the phone with his mama. And he was like, Ty, what uh, you doing, man? I told you, don't go messing up. Go go mess with some more Joe. <laughs> he was like, uh, that old fellow, old fellas be like videos. Did y'all see that on the Twitter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's his gimmick now. How many times do you think R-Truth like, actually flies out to the show? Oh, every week, buddy. Yeah, he gets his check. <laughs> he didn't. He, he he eating all. He probably propped up right next to the fruits, the finest of vegetables, and catering every week. Yeah, being Cry- catering happy. Craft services is always where you want to be. Yeah, <laughs> like why only tell time. me this cheese was so damn good. This is some good ass <laughs> cheese. <laughs> all right, so the match we're all been waiting for, or something. Samoa Joe versus Ty Dillinger. He's all fired up. Ty is. And he attacks before the bell. They spill onto the floor and Dillinger lays in knee strikes until Joe posts him. Then he rolls him into the ring and ruins his day with strikes and kicks. Joe follows with knee strikes and the Coquina Clutch finishes Ty Dillinger off. Oh, It's a good trash Ty. I like this fight. He had a good idea to try to start fast, but uh, yeah, it didn't end up good for him in the end. It was some kind of try. I don't know if I call it a good one. <laughs> Uh, the Ty Dillinger is winning in life. Is he? Yeah, you go home, lay down with Peyton Royce. Life is good. Whoa, 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 hey, what? Oh, whoa, Peyton whoa, Royce. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Say what? Is I, I this breaking know. news? That for me, it is. Yes. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ty Dillinger and half of the Iconics. Oh. Yeah, man. Yeah, Since thanks. when? Uh, a good while, I think. A couple. Of... A good know, while. Like, how good of yeah. a while. At least uh, WrestleMania. Google says they've been dating for more than three years. Oh, three years? Shit. That's what Google says. Yeah, man. Oh, wait, they went ice skating together. Don't do that when they're dating. Yeah, they're together. Hmm. Oh, poor Donald. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Dee Dee now. All my faves are taken. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're all taken. If I find out Elias is married, I'm just gonna throw it all away. Check it all in the garbage. Fuck all this. <laughs> just be like, uh, it's not. I can't. Uh. Anyway, so the Miz is going to host Team Helno's funeral. He arrives to funeral music. There's Kane's mask on a mannequin head being wheeled out by Paul Bears. Miz is subdued, but quickly promotes his new Hold show. On. You know, it was the funniest thing about this. Tell me when he's walking to the ring. He's like shaking the fans' hands like the pastor does when he's walking down the aisle in the, yeah. to the funeral and gets to the family. He starts shaking everybody's hand in the front row. That's what he yeah. was doing before he got in the ring. 
thank you for attending, brother. It's good to <laughs> see you, sister. He really did do that. Um, oh, oh, excuse me. I have four margaritas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yes. So basically, never yeah. apologize for margaritas. The last two are mango. It was amazing. He praises Kane and Brian as a great team, but noted that they are horrible friends. Ms. mentions Kane nearly ended Brian's career and says that the Bludgeon Brothers ended them as a team. He asks for a moment of silence and then says, he told us so. He then mocks Daniel Bryan for failing once again, calling him a sad man. The truth is, Daniel Bryan's return has been a bust, and he's done nothing but destroy his legacy and his career is dead. Uh, They're staring at the big screen and out of nowhere, Daniel Bryan arrives, attacking Miz from behind and starts suplexing the pallbearers. Miz runs, and Daniel Bryan... Kills a Paul Bear with a bucycle mm-hmm. knee and points at the Miz. Yeah, man, that poor black Paul Bear boy, he got jacked up. That uh, German suplex, he landed squaw on his neck and head. Like, you know that's racism, right? Yeah, it's been kind of. And he needs week. to go to counseling now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got angry Seriously, everybody's angry. Um, and next up is fighting. No, you're fine. Eric Young versus Kofi Kingston. Kofi wipes out Sanity with a big dive back in the ring. Uh, the SOS gets a two count for Kofi. Then he goes up top and Wolf distracts him. The others brawl to the floor. Kelly and Dane tosses Xavier into Kofi, allowing Eric to get the wheelbarrow neck breaker for the win. How did we feel? Did we care? It was a good match. Eric Young and Kofi Kingston surprisingly had a really good match. Um, Killian Dane is the shit, and uh, it was kind of cool how that finish happened, where he literally just threw Kofi into, I mean Xavier into him, and knocked him back into that wheelbarrow netbreaker. Yeah, it was great timing because it didn't seem like a let me just wait until he gets there. It it really was just like, and I'm gonna throw you. Oh, you hit the guy. Great, <laughs> wonderful happenstance, which we all know it wasn't, but kayfabe as long as it looks like it was. Um, your final event, I'm sorry, your final match of the night, Shinsuke versus Jeff. Nakamura looks for the Kinshasa, but Jeff cuts Nakamura off and heads up top. He cuts Jeff off with kicks. A Kinshasa is countered into a twist of fate. Jeff goes up top and the Swanton connects, but guess who arrives for the DQ? Hmm. You're not guessing. All lives matter. All lives matter, except your black ass one. Randy Orton <laughs> arrives for the DQ. He kicks the shit out of Jeff and stomps his head onto the steps. Orton says Jeff will have to wait and find out why he did what he did. He then tries to rub off one of his earrings. Orton tosses Jeff over the announce tables and agents arrive to stop the insanity. Orton clears off the table and continues his assault and then a draping DDT to the floor follows. Jeff Hardy is dazed on the canvas. This could be Nakamura's moment to shut him down. Here we go. Oh! Hardy saw it coming. And a sling blade from Hardy. Nakamura one of the Kinshasa. Jeff Hardy wants the home run. Oh, and Nakamura popped back up on his feet. Oh, and a kick right to the teeth. And now Hardy finds himself back down again. And Nakamura. Here we go. Hardy can barely stand. One more time. Zeroing in on Jeff Hardy. God bless America. Ow. 
Oh, no, 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 no. Again, one of the Kinshasa caught with a twist of fate. Nakamura goes down hard. Hardy is going up top. Jeff Hardy could be on the verge of regaining the United States Championship. From the top turnbuckle, Swartz, he hits him. It's over. Cover. What the? Oh, my God. The Viper. Randy Orton is here. Championship. Or just brutalizing Hardy. Oh! And Orton appeared out of nowhere on Sunday after the match between Nakamura and Hardy. I don't think anyone but Orton knows what's happening right now in Randy's mind. This is disturbing. God! Somebody get him off there! Oh no no! I'm not on like Hardy Santa with a desk. Randy Orton just tortured Jeff Hardy. What in the world did Jeff Hardy do to set off Randy Orton? Oh, my God. And there's no one that's going to stop the Viper here. Randy Orton has absolutely snapped. Orton just pulverizing Jeff Hardy. Oh, 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 oh. He's not done yet. And Hardy back for more. Enough. Oh, no, no, no. Stop it. This is as sick as I've ever seen Randy Orton. Get him back. Get out of here. What in the hell has gotten into Randy Orton? And that is your SmackDown report for the week. Man, uh, that was a very disturbing watching uh, Randy Orton put his finger in the gauge hole and pull Jeff Hardy's ear, like, really zoomed in up close and tight. Like, oh, my gosh. Even the people in the crowd were, like, horrified. Like, this is, okay, Randy, it's too much. It's too much. Good guy there. Yeah, man, Randy. Why doesn't Jeff Hardy have any friends, man? <laughs> I feel like somebody would come out and help. Uh, yeah. After just getting your ass beat by Randy Orton. Yeah, I can't imagine that many people really like Randy, so. Must be his magic or something. Yeah, must be. But that was a really fun addition of SmackDown. I was thoroughly entertained. I thought it was much easier to get through than Raw, but um, I'm having um, Naomi withdraw. She needs to pop back up on the SmackDown here soon. Who? Naomi. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. The neon green one. <laughs> so at this point we're just letting you know that this is the WrestleCast and we're being brought to you by the CSPN you can also find us on iTunes SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio and Google Play we're going to talk some Lucha Underground as we have Paul London wrestle Desmond X or aka Desmond Xavier for the Aztec Medallion uh, London hits the double knees but uh, Desmond X 
ends up rolling them up and he gets the win. So in his debut match, he gets a win and he gets put into the Aztec Medallion Championship match. So Desmond X, Dragon Azteca Jr., King Cuerno, Ivelisse, The Mac, Son of Havoc, and Mil Mertis now hold the seven Aztec medallions. Antonio Cueto arrives and he has the Gift of the Gods title with him. Gift of the Gods title match will take place next week. He praises the talent and says next week will be epic. He calls out all the fighters to place their medallions into the title to lock them into the match. They arrive and everybody places their medallions into the title and then all seven competitors step into the ring. Antonio says that he has a surprise and announces that only six will be able to compete. He's making a battle royal and the winner decides who is out. So we get the special gift of the gods battle royal. They all brawl and Corno is eliminated and then Ivelisse is eliminated. Desmond X is gone as well and Mil Mertes is the one who tossed them all out. Son of Havoc then tosses out Mil Mertes and Dragon Azteca and we're down to Son of Havoc and the Mac. Then the uh, Son of Havoc eliminates himself trying to make a deal with the Mac. So Mac chooses to eliminate Mil Mertes because he says truthfully he scares the shit out of him. The Mac bails and Mertes kicks the shit out of everybody else and then next week we're going to have all seven competitors compete for the Gift of the Gods title. I know this disturbed Didi this next match. Johnny Mundo versus the Luchasaurus. Vibora. The Luchasaurus heads up top and Mundo cuts him off with a series of kicks. You get a headbutt by the Luchasaurus, but Mundo hits an insecure. The Luchasaurus hits another choke slam and he gets the win. Post-match, the reptiles and the worldwide underground break out into a big brawl. Didi, can I get your opinion on this next part? You still with me? Or not? So we see Exolicious working out as Jack Evans complains about being embarrassed. Ricky Mundo approves and it starts to make fun of him and his creepy doll. The doll tells Mundo to do what he did to Angelica. Next up, Pentagon versus Brian Cage for the Lucha Underground title. Brian Cage cuts off Pentagon and hits a sit-out electric chair, slam and covers for two. Pentagon fires back with kicks and follows with two destroyers. The package power driver connects and Pentagon Jr. retains the title. Post-match, Pentagon lays out Brian Cage and tries to break his arm. But Cage counters out and hits an F5 onto the title belt. Cage then says that he's a machine and that Pentagon can't break his arm. So that final match was full of violence, exactly like I like to see from my Pentagon Jr. matches. And uh, this was a pretty good episode of uh, Lucha Underground. So next up, we're going to move into NXT as we had Dakota Kai versus Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans fights back with a slam, but Dakota Kai connects with another kick and then misses an insiguri. The women's right connects and uh, Lacey Evans picks up the win. We get a ricochet promo where he's talking about he wants to face Adam Cole for the North American title. Then we get a street profit. Take my money. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be really good. Then we get a Streets Profits um, vignette where they're playing basketball. They're getting training, coming back up, and they're says they're ready. They're coming for the mighty. EC3 walks and talks about his issues with the Velveteen Dream. Then he pulls out his new T-shirt and he gives it to a fan because he's rich. Then he meets with Kona Reeves. Reeves compliments him but tells him that all of his shit is the finest, unlike EC3's. EC3 runs him down and challenges Challenges him to a fight, but Reeves backs off. Reeves teases that they could have been the best of friends. 
Uh, this was actually pretty cool. EC3 and Kona Reeves having like a rich off. That was kind of cool. Uh, we get a video package on next week's NXT Championship match between Aleister Black and Tomasa Ciampa. Man, this thing was so good. Uh, all of the video packages I'm about to talk about in this week's episode were very well done. We had Cassius- I saw uh, uh, Velveteen Dream video package. Oh, oh yeah. Really- oh, yeah. It's really dope. Uh, we had Cassius Ono versus a local talent. They lock up. Cassius Ono takes him down. Then he hits him with the roaring elbow, knocks him out, and he gets the win. The undisputed Eric cut a promo about how great they are. <laughs> Cole runs down Ricochet and says, if you anger them, you will pay. We get a War Raiders video package breaking down their history in wrestling and how they became a team. They also explain them embracing the Viking culture and how they grew up in Japan and Europe. Uh, they said that no one on earth can stop them. And they also talked about uh, Rose motorcycle accident, which could have ended his life. He says he overcame death. So good luck defeating them. They are unique and different and bring a fight in a style. No one else can. And they have earned the right to raid NXT and no one can stop them. He says they are going to take the gold and break everyone. The war is here in NXT. Then we get, uh, developed- talking about some large goals. <laughs> yeah. Those boys can go though, man. To be as big as they are, those they're really good. That, again, another video package, character development. You know, it showed their, showed them with the IWGP Championship, showed them with the ROH Championship, showed them oh, with the wow. Progress Championships. Yeah, they showed all the belts, man. It's like, wow, look at all these belts they're putting up here. Yeah, so it was really cool to see the, you know, the them. In it different- was a clear statement. We are the best of the world. And we're going to show you that, that we are the best here again. Right, right. So, really good deal. Hey, we, uh, quick question. Uh-huh. How long is Bobby Fish out? Uh, he had an ACL. Bobby so Fish needs to come back. He had an ACL, so he's going to be out for a few more months here. Uh, we, get, we get that Velveteen Dream promo that Finn was talking about. With all of his special effects, he teases his next experience and runs down his greatest takeover moments. And he says, in Brooklyn, uh-huh. the spotlight will be back on him. Ambiance. Atmosphere. Illumination. Experience. Can you hear it? The dream can hear it. The dream can still hear the people buzzing. Buzzing. About what the next experience is going to be. Take over war games. The world said the dream's name. Enjoy infamy, Velveteen Dream. Take over Philadelphia, well, the dream had a knockout performance. Philadelphia. And the Velveteen Dream vanquishing Cassius Ono, able to overcome the power and the experience. Take over New Orleans. The dream arose to heights that you couldn't possibly imagine. Imagine. 
take over Chicago. Well, another match of the year for the dream. Chicago. What a match. I am almost speechless at the effort of both of those competitors for the team dream and Ricochet. The takeover Brooklyn, these lights, the spotlight still shines the brightest in the Velveteen Dream. Spotlight. So this was really well done. Oh yeah, man. He is, he is so good. And to be so young too, man, he's got so much down at such a young age. Have a clear reading of what your character is and to be able to, to, to put it out there and it oozes out of you. It's not like exposition. It is, it is him. It is, it is Velveteen Dream. And, and his music has a lot to do with that too. And I, Oh, man. He, uh, I would say, like, remember when Tyson Kidd was like the workhorse mm-hmm. of, of NXT, but like right. kind of hard. He has that right now, but he's gonna climb up top. Yeah, but, uh, that that guy's is, and he's only twenty two, man. That's a fuck. Yeah, he's got a future. bright, bright future, man. So next up, we get our main event. We have Candice LeRae versus Kari Sane versus Nikki Cross. This was scheduled to be a four-way, but I don't know what's real or what's not. There was a report that Bianca Belair was injured, but she also just got married. So she might have just been on her honeymoon, and they just threw that injury in there just to kind of play it up for the TV. Yeah, but... I don't know. So she may be injured or she may have just went on her honeymoon. But either way, she wasn't in this match, unfortunately. Uh, Corey she Saint, did just go on a honeymoon, though, to be. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it may be. Black excellence. It may be both. She may have actually does have a back injury and she went on her honeymoon, too. So, uh, Kari Sane. She probably got a honeymoon injury. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> you know what? When it first came out that she had a back injury, that's where my first thought went. Like, God damn, Montez Ford. <laughs> Frogs flat their mind. <laughs> so uh Kari Sane heads up top and she gets cut off, which allows Candice LeRae to hit the unprettier and a lion saw on Nikki Cross. Then Kari Sane flies in with the insane elbow, and that's good enough to pick up the win, and Kari Sane will go on to face Shayna Baszler at Brooklyn Takeover Four. Uh, this was a really well done match, a really well done finish. Uh, Candice LeRae hits that unprettier. She follows us up with the line saw on Nikki. They're zoomed in real close on the pinfall. We get one, two, the ref's arms coming down for three, and then bam, their insane elbow right on Candice LeRae. Uh, Kari rolls her over, gets the pin, and she's the winner. So uh, this was an awesome episode of NXT because those video packages, man, were great. Um, I mean, they the Alistair Black, Tomasa Ciampa one was excellent. The Street Profits one was fun. The Velveteen Dream one was sensational. And the War Raiders definitely uh, helped establish them and, and let people know why they should be feared and why they're such a big deal. I thought they accomplished a lot in this hour. And it was like old school WWE to me where you got the vignettes and the character development more than actual wrestling and story this week. So I really enjoyed this episode of NXT. I was really thrilled about it so yeah NXT has always had amazing pacing to how they tell their stories and interesting talent 
and I, it, it goes to show how they're run because they have a ton of turnover, and the quality just remains the same and sometimes exceeds. So yeah, man, they they NXT is the number one for me. Is even oh. though I don't watch week to week. Yeah, man, it's been the number one for me for most of this year, to be honest. Uh, like I said last week, NXT and New Japan are really what I'm, you know, really excited about right now. You know, WWE has its moments for me, but I get more enjoyment and fulfillment totally from uh, NXT and, and New Japan. So uh, if you guys don't have New yeah. Japan World, y'all need to get on it because G1 is on fire right now. I think. I had New Japan, but I, I couldn't remember my password. Oh, I, I was sad. And then, you know, the whole thing is like in, in Japanese, and you can translate it, but then there's certain parts that are still kind of in Japanese. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that would be the login part that you're talking about specifically. <laughs> they won't, uh, it won't be too much longer for they like have a foothold in the United States, and it'll be easy to have. Yeah, it's coming, man. They're going to get a lot of shine. Being with um, ROH, oh yeah, that's another piece of news. ROH got their date back, so um, they're yeah, going to the be garden. running the garden. So yeah, they're going to be having a joint show with New Japan. So um, that's going to be a really big deal. WrestleMania weekend, everybody's going to be. Um, that's actually going to be one of those nights where people are going to have to decide: do they want to go the ROH New Japan, or do they want to go to Takeover? Because they're both on yeah. the same night at almost the same time. So that's going to be real interesting. That's good competition right there. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So that's the end of our review. So I'm going to open it up to our guest, none other than I Walk Less, Mr. Finn, for your shout outs and thank you, sir. Um, Shout out to you, Don. Shout out to Magnum Prime before he left. Good cat. Always good talking to y'all, too. Shout out to Didi for joining us. Uh, I didn't appreciate getting hit with the chair in the, in the run in. <laughs> Uh, shout out to everybody that, that, that participates on the Rawcast and the SmackDown Matters and uh, the, the week, uh, excuse me, the monthly cast. Cause y'all are actually more uh, funny and intelligent, and and there's a good atmosphere. Cause you know I have my own uh, wrestling uh, list. Uh, sometimes there's just some snarky sons of bitches, <laughs> but I, I'm glad uh, everyone just keeps it keeps it light, keeps it funny, and I. Uh, I think I think y'all are like the king of the memes. So, uh, uh, shout out to Titus and Kofi and the New Day for being succinct and and not shaking on character and just being the men that they are and telling uh, Hulk Hogan to fuck himself. So, uh, I think that's about it, man. All right. Shout out to black people. And uh, fuck Trump. All right. Thank you for joining us always, Finn. Like I said, you were our first guest. And you've actually been on here the most. I think you and uh, Young Littlefoot might be uh, maybe tired. Or you might have one more appearance over her. But y'all have been the most two. Uh, 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 appearing. Yeah, appearing guests have the two most appearances on the show. So we thank y'all a lot. Miss Dee Dee Swings of the show, man. God love y'all. <laughs> Miss Dee Dee Jonay, your shout outs and thank yous. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to you, Zano, Sam, Gregory, Finn, because I'm his Finn, Classic, Mel, because Mel always gets shout outs. I'm going to give a shout out to my co-workers because they had me drinking. 
And I thought I was okay. Don sent me a message and he's like, a drunk Didi is a fun Didi. And I wanted to be like, I don't know how drunk I am. I think I know how drunk I am now. So, yeah. What are your established levels of drunkenness? Um, It's like three sheets, five sheets, and then call, call the folk. Not an ambulance, but just call the folk. <laughs> Call folks. Somebody just just to take care of me. Make sure she get food in her system. I had a I had a Jack Daniels burger, but they don't call it Jack Daniels anymore. Mm. So I feel like there's something going on on Friday. It's like why why you calling it whiskey sauce? Y'all know it's Jack Daniels based, but you know, not my business. Above my pay grade. So um, I had the drink. I did not have any water, but I had the drinks, and then I had the hamburger. I had some fries. And then I got home on my own steam. So hopefully I'll be you did good today. Yeah, hopefully I did. I worked a long day. I was at work from eight to eight thirty to seven. So oh. I deserve oh, yeah. all my drinks. Yeah, that is a long yeah. day, especially around some kids. Yeah, well, assholes. I love them dearly. Don't get me wrong. I took a picture of one and put it on my snap. Not my snap, but on my Instagram. I love my kids. Shout out to my kids. They right. up in DC acting a hot ass mess, but they're adorable. I love them dearly. So shout out to them, and that's it. Give a shout out again, once again to Finn. Give a shout out to Greg. Give a shout out to Sam. I'm sorry for your loss, my friend. Um, mm. Give a shout out to Miss Didi Jone, my SmackDown Mass correspondent. Give a shout out to Miss Jade. She had me busting out laughing in stitches and text messages this week. Uh, give a shout out to all the Russell Bays and the Glow. And just like Finn said, everybody who rocks with. All the hashtags and shares our commentary with color, man. We appreciate y'all uh, for you know creating an environment that's oftentimes more entertaining than Monday Night Raw. Uh, so definitely helps the three hours pass. So <laughs> appreciate y'all so very much. And on that note, for our guest Finn, aka I Walk Less, our SmackDown Matters correspondent Miss Didi Jone, and our WrestleCast broadcast journalist Mr. Magnum Prime, I'm Don Delarente. This has been episode 194 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Tonight we pay our final respects to one of the greatest tag teams of all time and two of the worst friends ever, Daniel Bryan and Kane. I told each and every one of you how this would end and I said Kane was nothing more than a broken down demon and I was proven right. I'm also right about your little bogus hero, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was never, and I mean never, a world-beating wrestler like he claimed to be. Daniel Bryan is nothing more than a glory hound, obsessed, obsessed with setting impossible goals to try and remain relevant. That's the reason for this sappy team hell no reunion. Not to win the tag team championships. It's so Daniel Bryan can roll out his greatest hits. But newsflash, Daniel, no one's buying the album. And as sad, as sad as this whole thing has been, no one is sadder than Daniel Bryan. You see, because whether he wants to accept it or not, deep down inside, he knows the truth. 
And the truth is, Daniel Bryan's return from injury has been a bust. And each and every week he comes out here is another week he's destroying his legacy and no one has the courage to tell him, not you, not Kane, not his wife, but I have the courage to tell him that Daniel Bryan's days of headlining WrestleMania are over. Daniel Bryan's career, just like Team Hell No, is dead.